Hello, and welcome to Faith Fitness and French Toast. As always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood, and I want to warmly welcome you back to the podcast. The purpose of this podcast is simple, to encourage, empower, and inspire athletes of all walks of life in their strength endeavors, faith walk, and of course, their best options for post-workout, late-night meals. I'd like to thank my sponsors, Skull Smash Ammonia, Raw Grip Chalk, Tennessee Pre, and Primate Apparel for their consistent support and encouragement. For the best hard-hitting ammonia in the game, there's none better than Steve at Skull Smash. If you're looking to hit a brutal pull and need that added grip, Raw Grip's Liquid Chalk is the highest quality on the market right now. If you're like me and you want that focus boost in your training without the caffeine crash, then Tennessee Pre is the pre-workout for you. And we are humble, but we are savage. Primate Apparel's mentality of sticking to your guns and standing up to those who do you ill is a vital part of my training. You can head over to any of their Instagram pages to get some products. Today I'm sitting down with Matt Bulldog Mitchell, a longtime lifter, Marine Corps veteran, and JB boss athlete whose aggression in and out of the gym has led to the creation of not only an elite lifter, but quite a following as well. You won't want to miss a single minute of this episode as we talk controversy, natty versus unnatty, and all your favorite powerlifting taboo. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Oh, beautiful day out here, South Texas. You know, we're sitting about 100 degrees. Uh, I just left one gym at LA Fitness to come over here to the gym. You know, figure have a nice little chat. Just uh, trying to get over this damn corona, man. Trying to get out and do something. Yeah, man. I know we are, we're all in that point. I was, I was chatting with somebody yesterday and I said, man, I think we're going on like 10 or 11 weeks of quarantine. So I was like, I think we're all antsy to get yeah, out. I was out of work 10 weeks. I finally got to go back to work this week. I'm a GM for LA fitness. And I'll tell you what, the gym has been slammed. Everybody has been trying to come back and it's nice. It's good to see people in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know yesterday, uh, Virginia for the most of Virginia I live in northern Virginia but the rest of Virginia went into phase two so gyms were able to open and I drove an hour out to the closest place I knew was going to be open just so I could feel some weight on my back again before I realized of course three months of no training it'll do it man it'll come back quick you know that's one thing I I was very fortunate my wife and and a few buddies here at the pit um not only do we work here as well but they let us in the whole time during quarantine so I, I never missed any training, man. I, I'd actually had the best training of my life because I didn't have to share equipment. <laughs> Dude, that's so huge. <laughs> I, I know the people who have been able to, to stay consistent. I'm like drooling over seeing other people lift. So I'm like, man, I wish I was there, you know? <laughs> uh, well, so, you know, for those who, who may not know who you are, I wonder if we just start out, you know, just a little bit about, you know, your own story. Um, who you are. I know you're a Marine Corps veteran. I know you're in Afghanistan. But I wonder, you know, maybe talking a little bit into that and how. Yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, I went uh, raised by my aunt and uncle for the most part. About eight years old, I moved in with them. Um, and they, they had a real strong work ethic. We were on a ranch in Montana. You know, I grew up bucking bales, hiking, hiking mountains, hunting, fishing. So it was always very physical growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, my older brothers basically used to beat the piss out of me yeah. for sport when we'd wrestle. So that's how I got into lifting, man. I just got tired of getting my ass whooped. Classic. You, know, you get beat up by your older brothers enough time you want to do something yeah. about it. So, you know, I started lifting. I was 11 years old. Um, I got a pull-up bar in my bedroom. And what I started doing is every time I'd walk through the doorway, I'd do a set of pull-ups every single time. Whether I could only do one pull-up, you know, three pull-ups, or if I just had to hang from the bar because I couldn't do any. Every time I walked through that door, I'd do a set of pull-ups. And I was hiking every day and bicycling, so my back and legs developed really young. You know, even as a kid, the first time I got under a barbell, I could squat four. You know, and I'd never, never done a squat before. Same thing, deadlift. Wow. I'd never deadlifted until I was 18, but just from pull-ups and hiking, I could pull 400 pounds first time I walked up to a bar. You know, so a lot of it's just good genetics, and my, my family just grew up lifting. You know, we're all lifters. We're all rock pickers and loggers and, and hard workers from back home. You know, after high school, I was like, well, what am I going to do with myself? You know, small town Montana. Um, not a lot of work unless you want to go out and work the oil rigs, you know, 16 hours away for a month at a time and come back for a week, which is great money. But I was already, I already had the iron bug by then. So I'm like, what can I do? Well, recruiters, yeah, man, you can join the bodybuilding team on the Marine Corps. You can be infantry and do all this cool stuff. You know how recruiters talk. So join the Marine Corps infantry. Um, mm-hmm. Left the day after I graduated high school. I've been home maybe three times since. You know, I've been moved all over the country. I just, I love to travel. And, and I got hooked, man. Even in Afghanistan, I got in trouble at mm-hmm. one point during deployment for lifting too much. 
instead of sleeping, instead of taking my breaks, you know, that six, eight hours of sleep, I'd be out flipping a tire, a seven ton tire. I'd be out doing dips with a flak jacket and machine gun on my back. You know, so it's, it's always been hooked, man. And, and people flocked to me for it. You know, all my friends kind of came around me and I was able to guide and mentor them. And so we, I've always had a real good support system. I've never not had a lot of people support me and back me. You know, you hear a lot of guys talk about how they get, they were made fun of or this, that, and the other, and people told them they couldn't do it. I'm one of the very few people I know that were fortunate enough to not have that. You know, everyone's always supported me and pushed me forward. Wow. Well, and, and that's actually, I mean, that's so encouraging because it is, you know, just as you just said, it is so rare that but so frequently we have lifters who became, you know, the elite level that they are because everyone shit on them. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, got, I got messed up by my older brothers and stuff, but I always had big support. You know, my family always pushed me forward and said, this is what you want to do, do it. Whatever it is you decide to do, I don't care what it is, but you better try to be the best. I don't care if it's checkers. I don't care if it's weightlifting. I don't care if you want to learn a new language. You work at trying to be the best that you can be at it. And that's always stuck with me. You know, it's just staying committed to something. So after the Marine Corps, that's what I did. I, I joined, joined powerlifting and I met a few buddies while I was bodybuilding. They go, hey, man, like you're strong. Have you thought about powerlifting? I go, what the hell is that? They go, well, instead of reps, you just try to pick up something real heavy, basically. <laughs> so my buddy Daniel, Daniel Lopez out in Desert Hot Springs, California, he got me into powerlifting, man. He got me into my first meet. You know, I, I stole a car. I drove nine hours to San Francisco to Mark Bell's Super Training Gym. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. And it was this big March <laughs> Madness meet back in 2014, I believe it was. You know, I went, I took third. I had, I was a natural guy at the time. I was 200 pounds. I had a 565 deadlift, a 545 squat, and a 396 bench at 198. You know, and I'd maxed out on all my lifts two days before. Wow. I didn't know what peaking was. I didn't know what any of that was. You know, my, my wraps were harbingers that were shooting half on my dog, you know, that foot and a half long. But I was hooked. You know, Mark Bell walked up to me that day. He goes, man, this is your first wow. meet. You're doing really good. You know, like, you're pretty strong for your first meet. And I was nobody. You know, he didn't know who I was. He was just giving me words of encouragement. And that stuck with me forever. Like, those words he said have stuck with me from 2014 until now. You know, and that's all it takes is one person. You can be that one person and change somebody's whole life. Yeah. Well, and, and I wonder, you know, on, on that exact topic, I mean, how much, I mean, you, you kind of spoken to that just briefly here, but I wonder if we dive into that a little bit more, just the influence of just, I mean, obviously a lot of people who are listening to this are going to know who Mark Bell is, of course. Um, but, you know, I wonder how much has that influenced how you've handled, you know, meeting new lifters and, and coaching and, and working with us, you know, man, I even inspiring I, your own training for me, I don't care how strong somebody is when I work with them or when I want to work with them, I care about their willpower. I'll, I will have so much more respect and I will mm -hmm. encourage and love and push forward anybody who just wants to work hard, man. You know, and I think that's really important. A lot of people get caught up in, well, this guy's not strong. Who cares if he's not strong? He wants to be strong. Encourage him, push him forward. You're going to be that person that changes life. Mm -hmm. You know, so all the time in the gym, I'll give, I'll put people through free workouts. You know, I'll write people workouts all the time in my gym. You know, just try to help people out. To me, that's something that I think everybody should do. We have a real big stigmata around the sport of being yeah. a bunch of big tattooed assholes. You know, big tattooed, balded, bearded assholes. That's, you know, that's, it's a common yeah. thing. You know, so if you can be that person and be like, no, man, like, you know, I want to help you out. You know, help with Special Olympics meets. I've done those a few times. And it was a blast seeing those kids. You know, I watched a kid deadlift 545 pounds at 18 years old. Like, he, he was a monster, man. Didn't even know it. And all it took wow. was just telling them you can do it. You know, so I think that's something that's huge, regardless of who they're, who it's coming from, whether you know the person or not. If you're walking the gym, you see a kid who's 14, he's picking up a weight for the first time, go encourage him. Go congratulate him. Welcome to the team. Tell him to get a lift in with you. You know, that's going to help. But if you're sitting there pushing him away or, or looking at him funny or getting mad that they're following around or asking you questions, that makes us all look bad. I want this sport to grow with people that are happy and loving and, and want to yeah. help each other out. Yeah. Well, and I think that's such an important mindset to have because we really are in a sport where not a lot of people think that way, that it is. It's such an ego centered sport, you know, everyone, because I mean, it, and naturally, you know, it's, it's lifting the most weight or bodybuilding. It's wearing a mankini and oiling your body and having people judge you on muscles. You know, it's stuff that's very self-centered um, that, I mean, I think just the, the potential you know, if an entire group of elite athletes say, you know what, I'm going to step down off my high horse 
and I'm going to help those new lifters. I mean, how much? More yeah, and it blows up blow positively. Up, you know? We got enough negative stuff going on right now that we need as much positive mm-hmm. as we can get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I <laughs> I heard someone made the joke, you know, it feels yeah. like 2020. Welcome to level six. playing Jumanji. <laughs> You know, and, and, and yeah, exactly. You know, there, there is a, you know, up next is the Call of Duty Hellhounds. You know, that some, something's going to come up next that we're not even expecting. So to have that kind of positivity, you know, is even really the point of this podcast. Um, because there is, it's easy to find the negativity. I mean, all you have to do is, is post one thing that's in any way controversial and you're going to have somebody shit. Oh, yeah, you've probably seen that on mine. I mean, it's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> but but you you almost thrive in it and i think that's what's so unique is you're like man i don't give a shit if you don't like my opinion or not and so i wonder if you could talk into that a little bit because there's so much confidence in that that i'm sure has just propelled you so much further in the industry well, and my thing is man how many times have you heard somebody talk shit about somebody else and then five minutes later walk up and shake their hand and pretend to be their friend right you, you know and we, we've all seen it you know and we've probably oh, all done times. it at one point or another but I take I take a lot of pride and a lot of honor in the fact that everybody knows where they stand with me. I have nothing to hide with anybody. You know, if I feel something, yeah. then I'll say it. And if people disagree, then that sucks. But at least they know that I'm honest. They can say, "Hey, man, he may not. You know, he may we may not agree, but at least he's telling the yeah. truth. You know, at least he's there for me. Like that's like a lot of my friends, man. I got people that yeah. we disagree on things all the time, like huge stuff that it's we're completely polar opposites, but we're still friends." You know, you, you don't have to not be someone's friend over that. You just, yeah, you just be truthful, be honest. And a lot more people will like you for it. You may make some enemies, but at least the enemies know where they stand. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's the healthy mindset. I, I really wish more Americans had. Um, and, and I wonder, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, how much even the brotherhood of the Marine Corps has played into that for you of recognizing. Oh, incredibly. Because the Marine Corps and the gym have a lot in common in the way that they're two of the only places in the world that you'll see a doctor or some, you'll see somebody who looks like a thug. You'll see somebody who looks like a cowboy. You'll see a black, white, Asian, trans, gay, straight, everyone. And they can all come together and be friends. It doesn't matter their background. doesn't matter what they look like. doesn't matter their ethnicity. They can push that aside and be friends. And that's something that I think more people should be able to do. They should be able to disagree. You know, they should be able to not come from the same walks of life and still have each other's back and still be supportive and still show love. You know, just cause we think differently doesn't mean I don't like you. You're still a good dude. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. And, and it's a healthy, it's a healthy mindset to have. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I said in the intro, you know, we'll, we'll talk to boo. I know this is a topic that a lot of people, uh, especially white people right now are, are afraid to talk about. And I wonder if we can, we can touch on it just a little bit, you know, I feel like we're almost living through a history book right now. Um, at 2020, you know, I, I see it on TikTok, of course, being the, the young 20-somethings. You know, people are like, man, in 30 years, kids are going to be reading about 2020 in its own history book. You know, the, the, the entire year is going to get its own book because every month something new has happened. But, you know, in the last couple of weeks, as we've seen in, in the fallout, these protests, riots, um, that there is, there's, there's a lack of dialogue that regardless of what people's opinion is, no one's interested in, in listening. No, a, a lot of people aren't. Funny, funny you mentioned that, man. I just had a good buddy. Me and a, a good buddy of mine. He's far, far left. You know, he's big into the Black Lives Matter movement and, and whatnot else. And we had a big disagreement. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. Before you, before you chew my ass, educate me on what's going on. I was like, maybe you know something I don't know. I was like, I'm open to listen. I'm open to hear what you have to say. And if, it's, if you're going to educate me, yeah. dude, I'll come around. I got no problem with it. And he did. He taught me a few things that I honestly didn't know and that the media didn't tell people. And he educated me and opened my eyes. And I'm a lot cooler with stuff going on now than I was. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to touch on that, because yeah. this is something getting with that controversy. Right. I don't mind stepping and shit. You know, I'm okay with it because I'm honest. Um, that's like I told him. I was like, hey, man, like the looters, the rioters, yeah. all that shit. I said, shoot them. Get rid of them. I was like, I understand the people that are that are doing the right thing or that are, that are hurt and they're upset. That sucks. But this isn't the way to handle it. And he goes, well, hang on a minute. He goes, that's not all Black Lives Matter. He goes, here's the deal. And this came from a buddy of mine in Minneapolis. That's where I just moved from. You know, and he goes, man, a lot of the Black Lives Matter guys, we were out there stopping mm-hmm. the riots. They had thousands of people going out saying, hey, man, we're going to fuck mm-hmm. you up if you keep rioting. Like, you keep looting people's shit, we're going to hurt you. That's not okay. This isn't how to handle it. So 
there was a lot of people writing, but there was more that were yeah. trying to stop it. The news just didn't cover it. And I didn't know that. I was all anti-Black Lives Matter movement until my friend explained it. And I'm like, you know what, dude? You taught me something I didn't know. You know, it's not everybody doing the dumb stuff. You guys are trying to make a positive yeah. change. Just not everybody's on board. Just like the cops. A bunch of amazing, wonderful police. I'm a mm -hmm. huge fan of the police, man. I, I back the blue 100%. I always will. But there's dumb cops just like there's dumb civilians. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing is just don't hold it against everybody. Hold Absolutely. it against the ones who make a mistake. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Be because I think when we when we move into a society where we decide to brand an entire group of people based off the actions of two or three, we're, it's the exactly. exact discrimination that the other people are blaming. And that's like I was big into, you know, I'm like, man, run over the run over the people standing in the street. They're going to get in my way, run their ass over. You know, what about and, and my argument was, what about firemen that need to get through? Mm -hmm. What about police? What about EMTs? What if my wife's pregnant and is having a kid? You know, what if my dad's having a heart attack and I get him to the hospital? And he goes, well, that's irrelevant. I go, why? He goes, because a lot of us, yeah. he goes, we'll organize these in a way to where we're not blocking interstates. We're not blocking major roads. He goes, there's dumb people that are going to do that. But a lot of us in the organization, a lot of us are trying to do the right thing. We don't do that. We don't go out of our way to block places like that. You know, so there's a lot of positive changes that people are trying to make that the media is not covering. Yeah. And, and it's, the, it's the unfortunate reality. The media... You know, and, and, and I'm not going to take a side, you know, but the media so frequently, they're, they're just trying to make a buck. They don't they don't care what they're promoting. If they're promoting division, more people are going to watch it. More people are going to engage and more yep. chaos is going to happen, which means they're going to be able to report even more. And so, of course, they're not going to they're not going to post what's positive. That's why you need you know, I'm a big fan of The Office. You know, I've probably watched The Office six times. And, you know, I think of like John Krasinski, you know, doing um, some good news. You know, of him just being like, hey, the media is not going to say anything good. So, you know what? I'm going to make a YouTube channel where I'm going to tell you all the good that's going on. We do. And, and like, we need there's a lot people of people like I feel like if they would open up and listen to the other side, I feel like, you know, whether whether you're Blue Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, whether whatever organization you are, I feel like a lot of us want the same thing. A lot of us want the same end goal. We're just from different yeah. backgrounds. We don't see the same path to get there. You know what I mean? A lot. We all want the, the racial discrimination yeah. to end, regardless of what side you're on. You know, we all want the riots to end. We all want the looting to end, regardless of what side you're on. It's just finding the same path to get there. We all want the same thing. People just need to be able to sit down and listen to the other person. You need yeah. to be a little bit more open-minded. Yeah, I agree completely. Well, okay, so switching topics a little bit. Uh, jumping, you know, back towards this fitness direction. Um you know, I said we'd hit controversial topics. So I've got three or four, you know, hot topics that plenty of lifters are afraid to talk about, don't want to, because I figured you'd be all over that. And I know we can have some fun discussion on it. Um, so the first is this. Uh, and I've broached this with a couple lifters um, who are off and on about it. And it's the natty versus unnatty argument that, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time that someone said, you know, if you are an unnatural lifter, it's not as impressive as if you were a natural lifter which I would argue is bullshit because it's irrelevant. And so I wonder if you can talk into that a little bit from your own You know, for me, strong is strong. Just within that own argument. I don't care what you do to get there. I don't care how you got there. If you're strong, you're strong. If you're mm -hmm. not, you're not. You know, drugs, no drugs. I've met people that are natural that lift more weight than I do. I've met people that are natural that are way more jacked than I am. You know, drugs yeah. aren't the end-all, be-all. Do they help? Fuck yeah, man. Drugs have done a lot for me to get stronger, but they're not the end-all, be-all. If I wouldn't be in the gym... You know, four or five days a week, two, three hours at a time, drugs wouldn't do a damn thing. You know, so people, they may not like them or they may yeah. not accept them. And that's okay, man. You know, yeah. if you I don't want to do them, that's okay. I understand it's a, it's a big decision that affects more than just the person taking them. It affects their family, their wives, their kids, their husbands, whatever else. You know, but don't get mad at somebody else for willing to do it. I'm very libertarian in the fact that I believe, you know, people should be able to do what yeah. they want for the most part, as long as it doesn't hurt others. Absolutely. Well, and, and I know someone else who uh, shares a very similar viewpoint to you is Nick Forte um, of Pennsylvania. Uh, he's very much the same perspective. He's like, look, strong is strong. Because at the end of the day, if I go into a competition, he's like, we compete in a sport in which you're allowed to take drugs. So he's like, I don't understand people that say, man, the hell you take drugs. He's like, well, I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm in football where I'm going to get banned if they find out that I'm on substances. Now, those guys are still doing it anyway. Don't get me wrong. But 
He's like, in a sport where you're allowed to, why wouldn't you if, take that? If you want to be the best natural, that's cool. But you need to understand it's a little different ballgame. Yes. It, it is the the us the usap the usapl is a whole different beast <laughs> uh, i know you know i i just graduated college and so our uh, powerlifting team is of course usapl um like all college teams um and i was like man th- this just isn't for me i was like i just i can't deal with it it's almost like the natural game there's so much politics in play with it because it's like if you step out of it and that's part of the like reason man like fun i don't know if you've noticed i've been doing a little bit of playing with a little bit of gear and a little bit of multiply lately and, and reason being is you don't see yeah. quite as much drama and bullshit and multiply. It's a little bit older crowd for the most part. You know, there's some of the old heads that are from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s that were lifting big weight, and they don't put up with that bullshit. You know, there's not as much of the politics. There's not as much, you know, natty versus unnatty. There's just not, you know, so it's a little bit more fun for me. I don't have to deal with that crap. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that. You know, I uh, my last competition was with a, uh, a federation called Three Six Five Strong, uh, Bill Gillespie's federation, and uh, you know, I show up. You know, there's probably twenty people competing, and uh, you know, in the back, you've got your your good old uh, multi ply, your single ply West Side boys all prepping up for the monolift. You know, it, there is there's an intimidating factor to it, but I'm like, man, like this is what powerlifting was. Like this is what powerlifting's about. Like None of the extra shit. You come in, you lift the most weight, and you leave. None of this extra, oh, you didn't squat deep enough. Oh, you didn't pause your bench long enough shit. Yeah, and and you know what? That's another – man, you really opened up a can of worms with me here. That's another thing, especially squat depth. You know, I I did a lot of UPA (laughs) meets, a lot of SPF, a lot of APF meets. And in those federations, from my experience, you know, and and other people could be different – uh, as long as your hips hit the parallel mark, you're good. You're golden. They want to see some big numbers. They want to see people having fun. They want to support the sport. You know, you come to a few other federations. I'm not going to name names or I'm not going to, yeah. you know, talk shit about people who can't defend themselves. I don't think that's right to do. But, you know, if my nuts don't touch the ground, it's not a white light squat. And then the whole world is getting on my ass about it. But it's like, you know what? In the federation I was in, it was three white lights. Yeah. Three judges said it was okay. You may not like it. You're not in that fed. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck if you like it or not, because they said it was good. And their opinion's the one that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because a lot of people probably stumbled across you off of that 925 squat at that SPF meet, which I, I think was my first time coming across you because of course, being a USAPL lifter, everyone and their brother who I knew was like, Hey, have you seen this guy, Matt Mitchell? Have you seen this guy, Matt Mitchell? Da, 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 da. And I was like, all right, he squatted 925. Like, I really don't, like, I think the longer I've lifted, the more I'm like, I don't care if someone squats high. I don't care, like, 925 is 9 fucking 25. <laughs> like, I don't think people realize. Well, and I got 30-inch thighs that. that are 28 inches long, man. Like, my quads stick up above my hip crease. They're going to. <laughs> right. So, I, and I don't know, right. man, that's like even I see if I see a gym lift. You know, if I see somebody bounce a bench. I don't give a shit. They fucking benched it. That's a 500 pound bench. The motherfucker lifted off his chest. That's a strong dude. Whether it passes in a meet or not, that's still a strong human being. You're really going to yeah. run your mouth to somebody and whoop your ass like that. A lot of people want to hide behind a keyboard. And that's another thing I'm kind of notorious for, man. There's been a handful of times where people within two or three hours will run their mouth. And I said, okay, you know, you want to run your mouth, give me your address. I'll drive out and you can run your mouth to my face. Nine out of 10 times. They won't give me their address, but that one out of 10 times they do. I'll drive out to Houston, which is four hours away. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I believe in people. You know, I, I'm, I'm real big in the fact that I won't yeah. talk shit to people online unless the friend are joking around because there's consequences for your actions. And a lot of people want to hide behind that keyboard and think it's okay to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I wonder, you know, if you could just speak into that, you know, just for a second. I mean – how were you able to, you know, in the midst of that and, and since as you continued to lift and grow and get stronger, how have you continued to deal with any hate that you've received? Because frequently uh, the bigger the name gets or the heavier the weight gets, the more that the haters start to show up because they think they, they can tear you down. How have you dealt with that constructively? Um, to be honest, man, I mean, it bugs me a little lift? bit, but it'll bug my wife a lot more than me. What really pisses me off, I can deal with people talking shit to me, yeah, but I had people talking shit to my wife just because she was there, 
you know, just because she's with me, they'd, they'd make it personally about her. You know, so that mm-hmm. that was my big issue with it. I don't mind people talking a little shit about me. Right. I can defend myself. I'm a grown man. You know, and at the end of the day, no matter what anybody says, I'm going to keep doing my thing. And I still got, even though there's all these people that I don't know talking shit. Yeah. I've got hundreds of people locally and throughout the country and all these in eight states I've lived in to reach out on a regular basis with nothing but positivity and love and pushing forward and support. And so that's what I care about, man. Other people can talk shit, but the people that know me and they're my friends and that I talk to, they're nothing but supportive. They, they've got a lot of love. And, and so I try to lift big weights now, not to prove other yeah. people wrong, but to prove my friends and family right. To me, looking at the positive side of things and proving people right instead of wrong yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, that's a good word uh, because I, I do think, and, and I can fall into that trap, you know, of feeling like, man, no, I, I got something to prove. I'll prove these people wrong. But instead of being like, no, like there's no point of feeding into the negativity because that's going to be endless. There's always going to be someone that, that wants to see you fall, but proving people right. I mean, I just don't think there's enough people. I'm real big, especially that's one thing I got from the Marine Corps, man. It's drilled into you all. You deal with so much shit. It's always drilled into you. Positive mental attitude, positive mental attitude. And when you learn to fake the funk, you know, you gain the game. Eventually you really start being positive all the time. Like it becomes a reality. You know, little stuff doesn't bother you. It's like, all right, cool. They're making fun of my squad depth, but I'm not living in a building made of mud and shit. I don't have rats crawling my face. I'm not getting shot at. Like I can deal with people calling me names. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you know, there, there, there's worse things going on in the world right now than someone saying, yeah, oh, like, I don't think your hips went below. It, do, it doesn't bother me as much as it does. Other <laughs> that's, that's not the least of your issues. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and there's always, there's always a couple, a couple big names who I've interacted with a little bit. And actually um, now, now that I say that I realize he's the, the finale of, this season is Garrett fear. And I know he, he just loves it. I, I, I swear this guy gets off on, I love the guy to death, but I swear he just gets off on calling people out. You know, that, like that's his, <laughs> that's his go-to like Saturday pastime. He's like, yeah, who, who can I, um, that's like at the that? tribute, man. I bombed out of the tribute, obviously, cause of squat depth. Um, I'd plan on going to the tribute and whooping the piss out of him at the meet. And dub mm-hmm. is, the, dubs is the one who was coaching me for that meet. I let him coach me for it. Yeah. He did an awesome job, by the way, big shout out to coach dubs. Um, and he, the only reason I didn't, man, is he was on my ass almost mm-hmm. every single day. He goes, dude, don't do anything. He goes, don't hurt him. He goes, if you touch him and you whoop his ass, he goes, that's going to look bad on me. He goes, that's going to look bad on, on your sponsor, on these other people. And that's the only thing that saved Garrett yeah. to the last from getting his teeth knocked out. Now I got no problem with him, man. It's me. Now it's in the past. It's, it's, it, yeah. and it is what it is. Like I'll uh, sit down have a beer with him, shake his hand. He could be a cool ass dude for all I know. You know, for all I know, he could be the coolest dude in the world. We just didn't like my squad and we were just talking mm-hmm. shit and that's all it was. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that's the healthiest way to look at it. You know, I think too many people can get bogged down by something that happened in the past instead of just saying, Hey, you know what? It happens and we're going to move on. I'm a grown ass man. Shit happens. Let, let's see what's the next thing to work with. You know? And I think that's, it, it is really encouraging. I feel like this has been a theme. I mean, this, this positive attitude because if you get caught up in the negative, no, no, not at all, man. Achieve what you were hoping and, you know, to even growing up as kids, you're always told it's okay. It's going to be okay. You know, it's going to be better. And we lose sight of that. We lose sight of that. And we learn to feel that everything is falling apart. Mm-hmm. And shit. You know, you just can't lose sight of that. You just got to hold on to the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um, moving to kind of a similar topic here, you, you touched on it briefly, you know, this idea of sponsorships. And I chatted with another guest about this, um, that I think there's a lot of people, um, you know, especially as the industry grows, who just want to be able to say, oh, I'm sponsored, you know, use my 10% off code at Herb Strong or Gymshark, Redcon, you know, which, which of course, you know, aren't sponsorships. It's just companies trying to, to churn revenue. But I'm wondering your experience really in becoming one of the best, um, you know, what, what would your advice be, I guess, speaking into that for people who are looking to, to become the best, get picked up by these companies without feeling like they're getting screwed. By um, these they don't want to get screwed. Hold their own. Hold really their their don't take a shit stuff. offer. You know, I've, I've, I've been very, very fortunate with the people that I've, that I've, you know, that I'm with, Yeah. you know, JB boss, I don't have a discount code. 
but anytime I need anything, he takes real good care of me. He checks in on me every now and then. Hey bro, how are you doing? You know, I don't make any money off of it, but all of my equipment I need is paid for. It saves me a lot of money. You know, now maybe if I wouldn't have asked for that, I wouldn't have got it. Yeah. But if someone gives you an offer of just, Hey, let's give you 10% and you jump on it. Well, shit. Why would they give you anything more if they don't have to? Why would they take money out of their pockets if they don't need to, if you can do the work without it? You know, sure. that's like uh, the pit here and outlaw fitness and then fuel fire. They all yeah. take care of me, you know, and it's, and the reason that I feel I get taken care of isn't as much the numbers I put up. It's how I treat people in person. You know, mm-hmm. I spot people all the time in the gym. I, I give advice. I've loaned equipment out. I've given mm-hmm. wraps. I've given protein powders to people. You know, I've given people a ride to the gym who just needed a ride and said they had a bad day. You know, I've let people in the gym for free who came in crying, who were upset, who just needed a place to vent. You know, when you treat people like that good, companies will see it and they'll want to treat you good. You know, that's yeah. to me, that's a big thing is, is just it, it all goes back to the same thing, this whole conversation. Yeah. You're a good person. You treat people good. You'll get taken care of. It'll come back to you. If you're just in it for fame and you're just in it for nothing else, yeah. then you're probably not going to get shit. And that's the truth. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I wonder, you know, I, I think of, you know, like the Arnold Expo, LA Fit Expo, you know, where you've got all of these, you know, booths and companies that are coming up and and there isn't really a desire to help the lifter. Like, there's not a desire to further the industry. They're just kind of there to make noise, be a part of something cool, I guess, but they're really not in it to support other people. And I think we see those companies, we see those lifters come and go in a year or two years but it's the ones you know as you're saying who choose to actually care about those yeah you know that's like that's like the the pit here they bought me a new iphone the other day for better footage just because i treat the people good in here and i had a bad camera and they said hey man like you're doing good stuff you're helping people out let me help you he goes this is the normal part of the sponsorship but you need better film you need better this better that and you do a lot for us so here you know so just because i treat them good and i and i help them out they they did stuff for me you know, and it's like that with most concert with, with, with most sponsors. I feel like if you get to know the person and that's remarkable and you, you check in on your sponsor, like I'll check in on my sponsors. Hey man, how you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, do you need to talk? Are you doing okay? You know, so you need to be able to reach out to people too. You can't just let them reach out to you. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I had a dollar for, for every time that someone said, Hey, I just want free products. And oh, I, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And it's never, hey, like, how can I be a support? How can this be mutually beneficial? How can I, you know, make your company grow? How can I help you as an athlete grow? It's just help, 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 help. You know, that just no. That's like I was with actually every company with them. With, you know, I told them like, look, here's the deal. I'll produce this many sales for you. I'll push your product. You know, I'll I'll try to get the word out there. I manage two gyms. So I can get, you know, I've got the clientele market for it. I'm a salesman in general. So I know how to talk to people when I, when I need to, you know, try and talk to someone. And it's, and that's, that's how I've gotten where I have. It's just being good to people and then being able to push product, let them know, Hey, I'm going to make your business grow, but I'm not going to do that unless you're going to help me. Right. This is going to be a symbiotic relationship. I'm going to bring you people. I'm going to advertise your product. I'm going to make you sales. We're going to make a positive impact. And in return, you're going to help me out this way and this way and this way. Is that an agreement? But if somebody doesn't have, you know, doesn't have the intestinal fortitude to just ask, yeah. then they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I think if you if you sit around waiting for something to happen to you, it's not. Yeah, completely, happen. man. You gotta, be, gotta be uh, one of my first bigger sponsors, Unbreakable Gear. Shout out to them as well. You know, they sponsor my wife now, John Marshall, Tamara Mack. They're awesome people, freaking awesome. Um, that, that was what I did. I just, I emailed them. I said, Hey man, here's the deal. To be honest with you, I emailed iron rebel and they didn't get back to me. They blew me off. I said, but I, I've been watching your post and I've seen how much you support your people. I see how much you post your lifters. I see you sending in the stuff, you know, you're going out and watching their meets. I was like, that's the family environment I want to be a part of. I was like, I'd love the opportunity to join you, to work with you guys, you know, and if that's something you'd like, you know, I've tried your apps. I like them. Send me some more apps. I'll advertise them. These are the numbers I'm going to do and I'll, I'll make some, make some sales for you. And he jumped on it. You know, now we're good friends. Now he sponsors my wife and we all talk on a regular basis. You know, just reach out, send an email. You want to be picked up? Send an email. Don't just sit there and wait. There's a hundred million lifters out here waiting. You think they're going to pick you if you're not doing anything? Yeah, that's good. And so, I mean, with that, you know, 
we, we can kind of tie that into training as well. That I, I think, you know, from my experience of just kind of watching now, I, I am by every means a very average lifter and I'm okay with that. Uh, but what, I, but what I am is I'm a watcher that I'm definitely, I, I like noticing the trends in different lifters, you know, lives, what they're doing and noticing what it is that they do to become better. And I think there's a lot of people who are also just waiting for like their moment. Like they're assuming if they just keep doing the same thing day in and day out, that eventually they're going to get a break instead of jumping to those opportunities. Now, obviously you've managed to, to rack up an incredible total. I mean, everyone knows you're, you're a freak athlete. And so I wonder what has it been for you and consistently, what have you found? To you know, when I was younger, I just read a lot. I've had two coaches my whole life. One was uh, Sean Copeland for about eight weeks, and I still talk to him regularly. He helps me out a ton. Um, and then Coach Dubs. Other than that, I've done everything through YouTube. And I just – I learned. And if something wasn't working, I learned through trial and error. I've torn a lot of muscles. Wow. You know, if I torn my hamstring, I'm still training my quads. If I tore my pec, I'm still training every other muscle except the pec. You know, being consistent is the biggest thing that someone can do to make progress. You know, I had surgery when I was 17, I think it was. 16 on my left hand and I was doing pull-ups on it the same night you know I had a double hernia surgery where my intestines came out my nutsack and I was in the gym two days later and I was supposed to leave the bed for 10 days you know if you're consistent and you want it you'll find a way to make it happen and really my training honestly hasn't changed that much in the last 18 years I've been lifting I do a big compound movement for a lot of singles and doubles and triples and then I'll do a couple isolation movements like a bodybuilder for sets of 20 to 30 reps and I've been doing real similar stuff for the last 18 years. The only thing is I throw it like now I'll do good mornings. I didn't do those when I started. You know, now I'll do deficit deadlifts. I didn't do those when I started. You know, little variations in movements is really the only thing I've done differently. Yeah. Yeah, it's done wonders And, and I mean, you've, you've clearly made it work. <laughs> you know, I, I remember I, it, it has. I mean, clearly. I mean, getting... Getting to a point where you can put 925 in your back, sit down, stand back up with it is no small feat. Um, but, but, I mean, essentially what you're saying is, I mean, it's consistency. And it's being consistent and it's choosing to put the work in, even when you're like, oh, I feel a little tired. I didn't eat as much as I'd hoped. I didn't sleep super well. But yeah, and, and that's all it is, man. It's just don't stop. Staying consistent. I don't care what you do. If you're working hard, you're probably going to grow. I mean, I don't follow a program. I don't follow nothing. I just go in and I bust my ass. I don't have a squat day, a bench day, a deadlift day, a back day. I just go in. If I'm not sore with that muscle, then I work it. You know, and I yeah. listen. Man, that's good. <laughs> like, I yeah, I mean, I've been doing it. I've, I've never not done do, that. Like, if I, mean, I come in fact. and my legs are sore, I'm not going to squat. I don't care if I, I planned on it. I'll do something else. If that means I need to bench three times in a week, because my legs are sore the whole time, and so be it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that, I mean, that's good. You know, and I think it can be sobering for some people who listen uh, to this episode because, you know, we do have, and, and this is nothing against those coaches. I mean, the coaches are, are wonderful. I think they're, they're imperative. Um, but, you know, the people that are paying $200 a month for a remote coach, they hear you say, Hey man, just work. And, and you're going to get stronger. Like lift. If you yeah. want to get better at squat, bench and deadlift. No, super simple, man. And deadlift. Yeah. I do squats, lunges, overhead you press, barbell rows, pull-ups, deadlifts, bench. And that's, I don't do too much else. You know, I do very, very simple movements for them, you know, good mornings and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's very, very simple movements. It's not a lot of wild, complex shit. If I'm going to squat, I don't care how many sets I do. I'm just going to do them until I can't anymore. If that means I'm in a squat rack for three hours, then I'm in a squat rack for three hours. You know, and so be it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't ever set. I'm going to do five sets. I'm going to do eight sets. No, I do them until I can't. Yeah. Man, well, and it's good. fun. I'm, it's fun I might that have way. To start doing that, man. You know, I mean, if you think about it, up. if you got a program <laughs> and you don't want to do it, like it just doesn't yeah. look fun. You're like, "Fuck, this looks like it's gonna suck." You're not gonna work as hard as you can. You're not. So you're not gonna get the most. It could be the best program in the world, but you're not gonna get as much out of it. Now, if you go in and you're gonna work the same, let's say you'd plan on doing a bench day and you did something else, and you had fun with it. When you have fun with it, you're gonna work really, really hard. You're going to get a lot more done and you're going to make a lot more progress. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's true. You know, I know a couple of guys who do kind of lift like that. And I mean, it's proved effective. I mean, even outside of you, the guys I've known, you know, personally back in Virginia that, I mean, if you, if you're having fun with what you do, it's the same thing with work. You know, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. If you're loving your training, it doesn't feel like it's a grind for you to go in and go to the gym for two and a half, three hours a day. Whereas if you're following something where you're like, man, this sucks. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're all, you're going to end up. Yeah, and it's not hard. It's just like everyone ball, asks, you, know? they, you hear all the time, man, I wish I could do what you can. You can do what I do. You just can't stop. Bro, you're, you're 13 years old and you got a 180 pound bench. Like you can do yeah. way better than I can. That's another thing. You'll see kids now. I see kids in high school lifting and I've been lifting since I was 11 and I see these kids in high school lifting more than I ever have. And they'll walk up to me like, dude, you're strong. I'm like, no, you're fucking strong. Like you don't realize the potential that you have. Like my job as a lifter Mm. is to make everybody around me better than I am. That is my job as a lifter and a mentor in the gym, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. My job is to make everybody else better than me. So they don't have to make the same mistakes I did. If I don't make them better than me, then I failed. Yeah, that's a good word. Uh, I, I think, you know, James Strickland said the same thing um, just last season. You know, he said, you know, the legacy is what we leave behind. You know, we, we as lifters are going to be forgotten. You know, in a couple of generations, we're going to be forgotten. But if we choose to pour into the next generation, if we choose to, to leave a legacy and encourage the rest around us, that's how you become immortal. No, not at all. It's not through think about we in the last 10 years. Ourselves. Every world record who ever lived has been broken a dozen times. Nobody knows who the fuck held the world record for squat 10 years ago. Nobody. That, that person is non-existent yeah. now. And, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but that's just the way the yeah. sport is. In five years, nobody will know who the fuck I am. Unless it's people that I've trained or coached or, or worked with or, like you said, you know, make, made a positive impact on. Yeah. That's remarkable. Well, you know, kind of, kind of on the back end, you know, I love to, to hit a, a couple big points, you know, it became a, a running joke because uh, all of season two, I never brought up French toast. I never brought up food. People are like, dude, like, are you ever going to actually ask people about breakfast food? I said, yeah, absolutely. But I also was never asking people the faith question. And I know in, you know, the powerlifting industry and the fitness industry as a whole, sometimes it can be taboo to ask people about faith. Um, but you know, I've, I've tried to format a podcast that, you know, encourages people regardless of what their walk of life is, you know, whether they're an atheist, a Christian, a Muslim, Hindu, whatever it is, that everyone has something positive to offer the world. Um, and so I always ask this question because, because I'm curious to hear, you know, the, the athlete's perspective that I wonder for you, in what way, if any, has your own faith uh, or personal beliefs played into your training, um, um, your life I, at home. And I feel your like desire to make the community I've a better place. I followed this style of, I'm a Satanist, right? And I feel like I followed this style of faith before I knew what it was, like before I had a label for it. Right. And, and with what, with what my belief is, there's several different, several different yeah. types of Satanism. You know, it's all about being human. You know, if someone, you treat people how they treat you, you know, it's big about being successful. You know, I don't mm-hmm. worship a God. Um, I don't, I don't believe in a God for me specifically, but I also don't care if other people do, mm-hmm. man, if you want to be a Muslim, if you're a good person, you're a good person. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care if you're Christian. I don't care what you are. I'll treat you good. Sure. You know, and that's, that's a big stigmata. People think Satanism really is bad, like cult worshiping, you know, baby killing mm-hmm. blood drinking people. And that's not what it is. You know, all it is, is we take, we take accountability for our own actions. <laughs> right. Right. If I miss a lift or I do something wrong or I get in a car wreck. I'm not going to blame a devil. I'm not going to blame something yeah. else. I'm going to say, Hey man, I messed up. But on the flip side, if I have something successful, you know, I can thank my family and friends and whoever else, but I put in yeah. the work. I'm not going to thank a, a higher power, a deity. I'm going to say, man, I did this myself. You know, and that's what a lot of it comes to yeah. is just taking responsibility for your own actions. And that carries over into every aspect yeah. of life. You know, like I said, I'm friends with Christians, Muslims, every type of belief system you can think of, man, I love everybody. I don't care who you are. If you're a good person, I'll, I'll love you and take care of you the best of my ability. But just having the idea of being able to take responsibility for your own actions and not having to ask some some other deity for help, for me, that that really hit home. That was something that I was able to relate with because I have a lot of pride in myself. I have a lot of pride in, in being able to have a good work ethic and, and busting my ass. And I like taking pride in, in what I do. You know, I like being able to say I did that. 
You know, I chose to pick up a barbell when I was 11. I chose to stay consistent. You know, I, I wasn't gifted strength. I worked for it. You know, I wasn't blessed with strength. I worked for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's a good word. You know, uh, the guy episode I'm releasing tomorrow, Andrew Lawrence, you know, kind of gave a similar answer. And he's like, you know, when, when you stop blaming other people for things going wrong in your life, that's when you're going to start finding that you're going to be successful. Because at the end of the day, yeah, man, and, and it's a faith that I'm comfortable with and that I follow. I and I've had a few other people right tell me that they were interested and want to talk to you about it. And I tell them, I'm like, look, man, I'm not trying to influence you one good or bad. I think that faith is something that people should make up themselves. You know, faith is something that they should decide on their own what they want to do and who they want to follow. I don't ever want to influence yep. anybody one way or the other. That's a big personal decision for people. And I respect everyone's decision yeah. as long as they're not hurting somebody else or hurting me or my family. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and I've, I've said that the same way with this podcast, you know, I know I had a couple of people who are just, you know, it's so uncomfortable because it's always kind of taboo to ask people about their faith questions sometimes. And, and I said, look, I'm not here to, to sway you guys in any direction. I'm like, I just want to hear y'all's heart, you know, because I think that's, you know, you, le- you learn a lot about a person by the way that they see the world, you know, so I think it's an important conversation for people to have and to respect people regardless what their answer is. I think is ultimately the, the bottom line is. Oh, completely. That's like, you know, when I go to my wife's family, we go to have instead dinner of condemning or them because they events, don't believe exactly. What you know, you I may not believe in it, but I'll still be very respectful. I'll put my head down and bow, you know, I'll hold their hands while everyone's praying. And, and it doesn't hurt to show respect to other people's faith. It doesn't hurt anything at all. And if it does, then you're probably have other problems going on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so the last question, my favorite question to ask all of my guests uh, has to pertain to French toast and to breakfast food. I'm a big breakfast guy. I can eat breakfast any time of day. Um, you know, but I, I asked this question. Bacon. If there was one breakfast food that you could bacon. have. Bacon. I eat bacon life, several times a day, down, man. What would it be? Literally multiple times a day. I'll eat bacon. bacon. Like even as a midnight snack, if I wake up, I will cook an entire <laughs> pack of <laughs> bacon. <man. laughs> Without exaggeration, yeah, I'm a huge dude. I eat bacon all the time on everything. Doesn't matter what it That's is. I awesome. put bacon on. <laughs> nope. Thick cut, peppered. Is there a specific type of bacon as well? Like, is yep. it a streaky bacon? Like, what's the go-to? Thick cut, peppered. Probably. Man, yeah. My, well, hey, that's probably why you're healthy, but... such a great powerlifter. You're yeah, eating five right. pounds of bacon a day. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't need to see. That. I don't need to see those for a few more years. I'll wait till I get some. Wait till sure. I get some hey, we'll worry there. about that in ten years. That's not that we don't need it. Yeah, <laughs> I make the joke. You know, weirdly doctor, enough, about that man with you know, given like, that I, I take drugs, like let me go lift weights. I eat fast food frequently. I don't have a good meal plan. You know, I eat hamburgers literally almost every single day, like seven days a week for lunch. I will have a big double bacon burger every day and I've gotten my bloods tested. My cholesterol is fine. Everything I've got going on right now, all my bloods are totally fine. They're healthy. It could just be because I got lucky, but you know what, man, I'll take full advantage of it. People get so mad because I'm as lean as I am, but I'll eat shit food all day and they go, why can you do that? How can you do that? I go, man, if you can't do that then don't. But if I can do it and get away with it, I'm not going to make myself eat a damn salad to try and have a little ab. Like, I ain't going to make myself suffer just because you do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, and I think that's awesome because I know so many people would envy you for being able to do that. <laughs> oh, my body will go up and you know, down. That, no they, joke, they man. I'll go up and down 10 pounds in a day a lot two of times. Pounds, you know? <laughs> Oh, I'm the exact same way. It blows people's minds. Yeah, like, that's exactly how it is, man. I'm like, oh, don't worry, I'll go work out, work out, and I'll lose all ten pounds in the next six hours. <laughs> it's awesome. That's yep. the thing about being, you know, the two seventy five class. I'm like, hey, we, I just flux weight, man. It just happens. Um, well, that's awesome. Well, so kind of last thing, you know, um, and, and I ask all my guests this as well. You know, we're on the back end of quarantine, we're seeing things reopen. You know, life is feels like it's at least in some capacity shifting back towards a little bit more normalcy. You've seen people out in the, in the streets, going to restaurants, going to bars, etc. Um, 
you know, this is a really a pivotal time for a lot of athletes, even in considering, you know, what training is going to look like, how to get back in. And so I wonder yeah, if you have any don't stop parting again. words kind of advice. Every single person um, that stopped could have found some way to train. In. Whether it was with weights or not, they can hike, they can ride a bicycle, they can go do body weight lunges, you know, or, yeah. or lunges with, with water bags. Like there's always a way to train, you know, so if you want it, just don't stop. And if you are just starting again and you're sore, I tell everybody when you're just getting started, same thing when I sign people up to the gym, it's like getting in a pool. There's two types of people. There's the kind of person that walks up to a pool and they dip their toes in the water and then they step in ankle deep and then they step in knee deep and it takes them half an hour to get to the damn water. Now the whole goal is to get cool and comfortable, right? Right. And it takes them forever to get there. Then you see the other person that just runs and throws themselves in the water. You see that 10 year old kid that just runs and jumps in. He's super uncomfortable for five or 10 seconds. And then he's having a kick-ass time and he reached his goal because he didn't pussyfoot around with it. He just threw himself into it. He didn't try and take it slow. He just put in the work. Yeah. It's the same thing with the gym. It's the same thing with getting a job. It's the same thing with everything in life. You know, I'm a big fan of if you're going to do it, just commit to it and do it. Yeah. Man, well, I think that's that's some good part in words. I mean, that, that that'll get someone to run through a wall. Because I mean, it's true. I I think a lot of people just are worried if they make that jump that something's not going to go right. And it's like, no, well, you do it, and if you fail, best, good. You can't keep asking yourself. If you fail, yourself, that's hey, fucking awesome. That means you know not to do that again. You just got that failure out of the way. Now you got something positive coming. You're only going to have so many failures before you succeed. So get them out of the way. Yeah. it ain't a big deal. It's supposed to happen. That's all right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't be afraid of failure. 100%, man. This is an awesome conversation. I really enjoyed this. It helps you become a better person. Yeah, uh, as did I. Well, folks, you've heard it here first. This has been um, just a great conversation uh, with Matt Bulldog Mitchell. Um, You can find him uh, on Instagram, King Bulldog. Uh, Go find them at the Pit LA Fitness. Uh, Make sure you go in, go work out. Uh, For those of you guys listening, I know you are more than likely already big fans of his go support him uh, go support the gym hey y'all if you love that episode and you're craving just a little bit more you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes or spotify at faith fitness and french toast or visit us at anchor.fm forward slash moses allwood for full interviews trailers and more for the rest of the season We've got more great guests lined up for the coming episodes with next week's Andrew Herbert, followed by Garrett Fear, and finally the world's greatest powerlifter, Ed Cohen. So don't forget to turn on your post notifications on Instagram and stay connected on your platform of choice to be the first to hear of new guests and early episode releases. With that, I'm Moses Allwood. Thanks as always for listening. I'll see you next week.